What is hip-hop happening, my grooves? It is GG Replay for Friday, October 15th, 2021. GG Replay is, of course, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show where we break down the latest in gaming news. Hosted by us, the Goodnight Grooves, a place for games and a place for goofs. We're, we're workshopping the slogan, but until then, I am Paul. I am joined, as always, by Matt. How you doing on this fine, fabulous Friday? Doing well. I'm glad that it's Friday. I'm glad that the weekend's here. May try to do something fun this weekend. Enjoy the outdoors a little bit and see how things play out with that. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Hopefully it's not too hot, but we'll, uh, we'll have to see how that works out. Love that. That's really awesome. What about you? Uh, any, uh, any plans for the weekend? Nothing crazy. It's uh, it's a little rainy here this weekend, but that's okay. Uh, it's actually Rachel and I's four-year anniversary uh, today, which is pretty awesome. Congratulations. Of, uh, dating, not marriage anniversary. We're not quite there yet, um, but uh, really, really awesome. And yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna order in from our favorite Italian place. We're going Ooh. to uh, get some takeout from there. We're gonna watch. Uh, we've been watching the Harry Potter movies in order, so we're gonna watch Prisoner of Azkaban tonight. Nice. I think the best one. I'm not yeah. like a big Harry Potter guy, but that's like clearly you know the best one. Rachel is dissenting opinion though. She thinks it's over. It's overly indulgent. She doesn't like uh, Azkaban as much, and uh, she thinks what's all the hype? What's all the hype for Azkaban? So write in GG Replay Show at gmail.com. And I'll show them to Rachel if you think she is crazy for thinking. Which is her Azkaban favorite? Is it the best one? Uh, great question. I've asked her that before. I can't remember exactly what she said, I'll be honest, because um, we haven't sat and watched them a lot just because I'm not like a huge Potterhead. I will say, though, um, she likes the original, too, a little bit, just because really? like the sense of wonder and magic and like the kids. And like there's there, I agree after re just rewatching one or two after always kind of going like, oh, those are kiddier. Um, I will say there is a, a certain kind of wonder to them and the funny, weird little hats they wear. Right. Uh, and like just the whole thing that the whole Chris Columbus vision for for what Hogwarts is, it's actually pretty cool uh, and different. And I think it, it kind of muddies up a little bit later on as it gets a little older. I'm a big fan of Deathly Hollows Part 1. That's probably so my here's, favorite. So here's the thing. I think we've talked about this before. I have uh, read all the books up until Deathly Hallows. I never read Deathly Hallows. <laughs> and I've seen all the movies up until Deathly Hallows. So I, I, oh, wow. I have no Deathly Hallows experience. Wow. Um, I know, like, I'm spoilered on pretty much most of what happened. And I didn't mind looking it up. Like, I don't, I'm, you know, obviously, at this point, if I cared that much, I would have just seen or read them. Um, but yeah, I just, I felt like I just kind of, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this, but just kind of grew out of Harry Potter right as those came out. Uh, and I know a lot of people, you know, didn't or just like always love it. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be something you grow out of. But just for me, uh, I guess I just kind of got over it, I guess, at the time is a better way to say it. Um, I waited too long. And then I was like, eh, I kind of lost my lost my my steam. Uh, but I will get back to them. I'm sure, you know, after this this rewatch we're doing uh, in order, which I have not done. I mean, ever. I've never sat and watched all of them in order. Um, so, yeah, not not at the same time. But I mean, like. <laughs> over the course of a week or so but i've never right. done that and i've clearly never seen those last movies so i'm excited maybe i'll maybe i'll become more harry pottery after this um, yeah maybe we'll see I'll, I'll come back with a scar i'll start cosplaying uh it'll <laughs> it'll become I'll, it'll become my entire personality so it's be ready halloween? for that it is halloween coming up all right let's get right into this episode but before we do i just want to remind everyone if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode please send them to ggreplayshow at gmail.com or head down to the YouTube comments below so we can address them in the next episode. Also, if you have any friendly, uh, you know, little things you want to send us or some hate mail, uh, also send those to ggreplayshow at gmail.com. We would love to hear from everyone. We prefer not to get hate mail, but also uh, just any opinions you have about the show. We love to hear them. All right, Matt. 
You know, I went and checked the mail today. There wasn't a lot going on there. Just one, uh, one review, but it is in. The reviews are in. Uh, and we have a review for Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles. Uh, it's kind of an adventure arena fighter. There's a Japanese uh, word in there somewhere, too, if you if you get the full name. But who has time for that? Kimitsu no Yaiba. Um, but, uh, yeah, got a 72 on Open Critic. It's out today. And you know what? It looks pretty cool. I remember, I think they showed this at State of Play for PlayStation uh, a, couple, a few months ago. That sounds right, uh, yeah. And I thought this looked pretty bomb. I, now, I will say I'm not like a crazy anime guy. I'm also not a big... I've never seen Demon Slayer. I've never heard of it. It actually seems like an anime I might like. But overall, I mean, the graphics are awesome. Very anime, you know, I would say not even anime inspired, but anime. I, I've played a lot of Dragon Ball Z games over the years, and I feel like those always try to, like, kind of get that anime feel, but they always look a little too polished or a little too computery. And I felt that this really hits, like, a good level where it feels like you're watching an anime almost, like a really well, well-made one. Also, the gameplay is interesting. There's, like, a lot of, like, adventure moving around. There's almost, like, some light platforming, but really, really basic. Um, and then you get into like these cool arena fighter things that look like a fight straight out of an anime. Um, you know, I don't think the, the the systems are very deep or complex, but they're really flashy and fun and and bright looking. Um, this is a game that I would instantly download if it runs in like Game Pass. It's not right now. Um, so it's probably gonna be something I wait for a sale on, but maybe in a year or two when this goes down to 20 bucks. Uh, I will probably be picking this. I might pick this up. This looks like a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, it looks like the feeling of playing an anime, which I think some people complain about because it's a little too close to the story. So if you've watched the anime, you know, you're not really getting anything fresh. But uh, if you're looking to play an anime and not so much like play a competitive fighting game, this is the game. <laughs> Matt, does this uh, entice you at all? Does this look like something you might end up playing? No, uh, I think your summary was perfect, but this is really not a game for me i don't think but it visually it looks great like you said it really mm -hmm. does look very uh close to the anime yeah again like you i had never even heard of this anime before this yep. game announcement this looks intriguing especially if you like difficult games because i imagine you know it, or the Dark Souls style, because it kind of has that... This isn't supposed to be particularly difficult, from what I've heard. Really? It's not overly okay. complex. Uh, a lot of the bosses seem to have, from the reviews I saw, a lot of the bosses seem to have the same basic mechanics mm. and a lot of the goons, too. So it's nothing that's like overly complex. It's more about the fun of playing through the anime and playing through those you. bosses. And they have interesting mechanics that set them apart, but overall, it's knock them down, get your hits in, run back, knock them down, get your hits in. Like, But it's, you know, colorful. They do it a little different every time, right? Okay, well, then... I can see where the lower review scores are coming from then. Yeah. But, you know, if you're into this anime, I imagine it's a cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. Makes total sense. Or if you're like me, where you've just been feeling lately like you might want to play through an anime. I recently tried to, uh, I have Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I went to go back and play it a bit more, but it just, it's just a little too heady for me. It's, I mean, it's playing an anime for sure. You're playing through the main story of Dragon Ball Z, but I just, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Uh, I find the, the flying fighting. I don't know. This looks like a lot of fun. It looks like the right vibe. And uh, yeah, like I said, my place at some point. Go for it. All right. Thank you. Because I wasn't going to unless you gave me permission. <laughs> all right. Please, master. Uh, senpai. Uh, all right. Let us move on into the top stories of the day. Speaking of senpai, let's, talk, let's move over to Japan to talk about Nintendo Switch Online Plus. Uh, so uh, they had a uh, Nintendo had a, a Nintendo Direct today uh, talking about Animal Crossing, uh, but also 
they announced Nintendo Switch Online Plus, which is, of course, their service they've been kind of teasing that's going to have N64 and Genesis emulators, but also it will have included with it, normally $25, but included with it, it will have the new Animal Crossing expansion, which is kind of cool, or DLC, I would say, is, is more fair to say. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about it. This is the big thing we didn't know, pricing. So just a reminder for everyone, pricing is normally uh, $20 for an individual or $35 for a family uh for nintendo switch online for the year this is for the year for the year very very clear very clear uh this is 50 dollars for the year or 80 for a family so this is we're looking at huge jumps this is uh almost this is two and a half times the price for an individual uh and you know in a similar range for uh not quite as much but for a family but again over two times this is wild uh i think people thought it might go up a little bit but i mean this is a lot when you consider too that these are emulators and a dlc like they're kind of pushed positioning this animal crossing dlc as if this is part of the value but i mean they haven't said like we're going to put a bunch of other games in there like they didn't say other dlcs are going to come to this so like get it that might happen it does seem like that would logically make sense that you would be like hey now next time there's a mario dlc or whatever this would also maybe come to nso plus and that's a reason to get it um, but it's also nintendo so it wouldn't surprise me if the only dlc ever is this weird animal crossing one and that's all <laughs> there ever is um but yeah it, it, it's pretty wild uh matt what's your what's your take on this uh one, one last thing i will say before I, I move to you actually is just you know if n64 genesis they had more um maybe more offerings in this that might be worth it but i mean let's be honest the the game list is pretty light for what they're offering here too um but yeah matt what's what's your take is this something you're gonna be shelling out extra for no this is insane and it pisses me off that they're gonna get away with this yeah and people are gonna buy this yep. and it's gonna be as if this was just fine and this was okay and this was the right thing to do but it's absolutely not this is totally wrong What's crazy is most people were speculating that the price would go from 20 to 25, maybe 30, yep. like a $5 increase, maybe 10, maybe. No, maybe. more than doubling it. That's insane, Paul. Absolutely like, insane. Nintendo does a lot of insane shit and ridiculous <laughs> yep. shit, but this is, this is kind of like a next level. And yeah, what's funny is, really is last night during the recording of Game Groups, which came out today uh, to patrons and goes to everyone on Sunday, the big discussion was about Nintendo, what they're currently doing, where they currently stand and what their strategy is going forward. I wish this news had been out before that discussion because it I feel like it totally would have changed our discussion um, in some ways. In other ways, we acknowledge the fact that they always do insane shit and they're just always yep. going to do insane shit. But <laughs> but this this is almost like... This is almost just egregious. Like, yeah. this goes beyond almost what they've even done in the past. This is insane, and I can't believe... I mean, I can believe it, mm -hmm. but what's what's sad and what pisses me off is that it's going to work. It's going to work out for them. This, this is ridiculous. Yep, it is. And you got to consider, too, like, people are like, well, what's the value of this over $20 for the regular yearly subscription for, for Nintendo Switch Online? Well... Uh, I got news for you. I really don't feel like uh, Nintendo Switch Online is going to be $20 uh, in the foreseeable future. I feel like this is just the beginning of a weird price hike here. You know, if they can get away with it with this, that might change how they do it. They might come in with some weird 
uh, you know, offering or something that makes it worth it to pay an extra $10 a year for NSO and they'll just pretend that that's always been the price. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter even if they do that. The fact is this is pretty crappy, especially when, you know, these N64 games are their own games, their own games from, oh, what are we looking at now, 25 years ago. Come on. you Can't you just release them? Can't you just charge a flat rate for them or you know you're getting access to emulators this is crazy for for an extra for over double the online cost i understand online's already cheap for here but it's like it's not like the online's any good anyway most of the shit doesn't barely works you don't have voice chat you don't have a lot of good systems here i was just gonna say we haven't even mentioned yet the fact that their online service already sucks it's not even There's worth a, twenty dollars annually yeah. Exactly. $20 is like maybe the bare minimum here just to get online. Sure. Honestly, it should be free. But at this point, uh, the idea that they're going to do over double that so you get access to a couple emulators and an Animal Crossing DLC, which you can just buy. It's not like they like put it in here so you can only get it with NSO Plus anyway. This is so Nintendo, by the way. This is so yeah. Nintendo to, to include a DLC to a game that, yeah, I understand the game sold really well. I own a Switch. I don't have Animal Crossing. I don't plan to buy Animal Crossing. Nope. So this literally has no value for me. Nope. Why nope. Why wouldn't there be an option to include the DLC and an option to just include the extra online services? This makes absolutely no sense. Why include a DLC for a game that, that, that is supposedly a part of the value? It's supposedly a large part of the value that not yep. everyone has. Then you just need no, to include Animal only, Crossing. It would have only been $10 more, but we wanted to, we made it $20 extra because we threw in the Animal Crossing DLC. That's not what they said, but that's basically the vibe. And it's like, you got to know that no one, you know, not everyone plays Animal Crossing or, you know, even if they bought it at some point, maybe they don't play it anymore. And they don't really care about this DLC. This is a very niche product. Not, I'm not, I'm not saying very niche is unfair. It's a niche product to a certain crowd, but it shouldn't be bundled with this at all unless it's unless the price is going to reflect, isn't going to reflect that heavily in a way where you can only get it like that. And now my, my dog sitting here right next to me is upset because she, she thinks that I'm like stressed out now uh, talking about you this. Are. So thanks Nintendo. You've upset my dog. Yep. You've upset the dog. That is uh, egregious behavior. I have to say. So we got to move on talk about something much more positive here. Let's move on and talk about three, four, four, four <laughs> 343 who released a deep dive on halo competitive and ranked info pretty awesome i don't know if you watched any of this video matt but there was like a blog and a blog post and a video go along here um looks really 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 cool uh as we've talked about before on this show and game groups we're all really really excited for halo infinite multiplayer it's free to play which is awesome i mean i'm a game pass sub too so i mean campaign will be free anyway but it's really cool um and yeah let's let's talk about it first off um obviously i don't play a lot of competitive i will say i don't think any of us are like any matt or i or a lot of us really play a ton of competitive but it is cool to see this stuff uh be focused on the right track and this also kind of tracks for the whole game so first off there's like a big focus on you know fair and even starts so everyone's getting the same kind of stuff and starting the same way none of this loadout kind of stuff which is good mm. um in addition, Battle Rifles back, baby, as a starting weapon, which is really awesome. Um, they spent a long time talking about the BR, how they balanced it. It looks great. It looks like it plays great. Um, it's called the BR-75 is their new version. And they've taken a lot of stuff from Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4, Reach. They've taken some of the best things from all of the different Halo games and put them together to make this like ultimate battle rifle, which is really, really cool. So um yeah it looks like it's not gonna be like beefed up or anything but just all of your favorite kind of ways it descopes and your favorite ways that it feels good with a kill and a headshot 
um, have all been put in here. And it looks like they put a lot of time and effort and care into it. Um, also cool to see no radar, like live radar. So, you know, when you're running around, you're not going to get, uh, you know, little mini map icons telling you where people are, which is really, really cool. Again, I don't know how it's going to work for like non-competitive maps, but for competitive maps, that's there, which is cool. Um, yeah, and just looks like a good sense of on on maps, using the grappling hook, being able to use items really well, mantling properly. It looks like everything's built in in a really smart way that makes it all worth using, um, but also still fair and even and, and you know, competitive in a way where there isn't like crazy advantages. So awesome. Even if I don't play competitive Halo and I'm going to play more casual Halo, it's so cool to see the competitive scene be focused on, um, you know, for the first time really in a long time. And I think that being a free to play multiplayer game is going to get a ton of new people and younger people in playing this and becoming competitive and getting into like the MLG scene. And I think this could really explode as a massive, you know, I think Halo can come back as a massive free, um, competitive shooter game. So I'm really psyched for this, um, even if it's something I won't be necessarily playing competitively. Matt, uh, you know, does this stuff excite you as well? I mean, it's just more to see about how great and how careful they're being. Yeah, definitely. News like this really reassures me that 343 definitely seems to think that they have to get this right, which I think is the case. I think they have to get this Halo game right. Otherwise, yep. they'll have continued to, to dig a hole uh, for themselves. And so it's good to see that I think they understand that and they're taking their time and they're taking care and they're paying attention to detail and what matters to players. And so that's that's always good to see. You know, I'm very excited for Halo multiplayer, especially the fact that it's free. I love that. We love like, free. Like you said, competitive and ranked stuff probably won't really be my thing, but who knows if if it's done really well and um, if if it's like as they're saying it's fair for everyone then yeah maybe it's something that I jump into at some point if I start to feel comfortable with uh, the regular multiplayer and it's also interesting I, I noticed people speaking about too uh, apparently there, there's going to be competitive ranking or something um, for for it's going to be um, d divided by input too so if you're like a mouse and keyboard player they're going to keep you you can keep with other mouse and keyboard okay. players and, and console and, and controller players are going to have different setups as well it's probably I think that's good. even going to be based on it's not going to be like pc too i think if you're like on a pc and using a controller that'll be noted as well um because you know there's a lot of people saying like you know dead zone or not dead zone but uh you know auto auto aim and some of that stuff just to kind of lock on and stuff that you can do with a controller um in some games lately that's been seen as is a bit cheap in certain scenarios apex legends i know if you get really close up with a controller you actually end up having a little bit better uh control than you would on a pc with mouse and keyboard so I think that's like getting to that level too where you can make that fair which is cool because yeah it's hard to it's hard to balance those I will say one last thing too. Uh, when you said that uh, digging their own grave thing, all I could think of was that red versus blue line where someone dies. I can't remember the exact bit, and they they said, "Well, you know, we don't have any shovels. What are we supposed to do? Shoot them a grave?" Which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> all right. Moving right along, talking about, uh, you know, some other games on the horizon. Uh, we got some details on the GTA Trilogy remaster that have leaked, provided by Push Square. The details were accidentally posted early to a page on the Rockstar website. Quote, play the genre-defining classics of the original GTA trilogy updated for a new generation. Now with across-the-board enhancements, including brilliant new lighting and environmental upgrades, high-resolution textures, increased draw distances, GTA 5-style controls and targeting, and much more, bringing these beloved worlds to life with all new levels of detail. Matt, does this make you a little more hyped for GTA Trilogy? No, because I think that this is 
largely what we were thinking. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I, I even said it was really just going to be up and, and improved controls, and that looks to pretty much be what's happening here. I know that GTA 3, the camera controls were really limiting. Yeah. It's one of those things where, in my mind, I remember it controlling perfectly normally, but in reality, it didn't. So it's going to be, like they said, closer to GTA V style controls, so that's good. Of course, GTA V, like a lot of Rockstar games, because Red Dead does this too, almost feels tanky. Your character feels very heavy and yep. weighty. So regardless, Rockstar games don't feel the best controlling, but it is what it is. High-res textures, inc- improved lighting, environment upgrades, increased draw distances. Yeah, it's really just visual enhancements, it's like putting lipstick on a pig almost. That's not really the right way to say it because I, yeah. they're old games, so it's not like they're bad-looking games. They're just older yep. games, but you're you're improving something that already exists rather than building something new, which is fine. This is a remaster. It's not a remake. That's clearly what we're, what we're learning here, so it's fine. I don't know if it's going to be for me, but I want to see video of it before I make that final judgment call, but again, I don't know. We always have to remember it's going to be on Switch. It's going to be on mobile, so it, it can't be groundbreaking. You know, it's it's it is what it is. That's why that was interesting when they talk about new lighting effects. It makes me wonder, like, is this going to have RTX level design in it? Is there going to be some RTX elements or, or, or crazy lighting? I mean, doubtful, but imagine they did toss it into like this weird poly, poly, polygonal game. Uh, that would be weird <laughs> um i will say seeing the specific term gta 5 style controls and targeting uh does make me feel a little more confident uh, i did feel as though they were probably going to like we said um you know upgrade the gameplay and the controls and make it just a little cleaner um, but i wasn't sure to the level which they were going to do i didn't know if it was just going to be better than what it was or if they were going to fully kind of move those controls to feel more like gta 5 honestly i think it feeling like gta 5 is kind of a selling feature uh just because i know i can move and play and and, and exist in that game uh, before when the, the idea was just it'll control better yeah, sure, of course right. it will. It was 20 years ago, right? Um, but I don't know how much better. So, I, I mean, we can't confirm that this is going to be how it's going to play or if GTA 5, even if it is GTA 5 style controls, if, if it's actually going to live up to that. Um, but that that terminology is cool to me. It, it does make me feel a little more confident. This is something that I'd find playable. Uh, and again, I might, I might give this a go. It's not something I'm going to spend money, major money on, but... When this goes on sale, I'd be much more enticed to play this than I would to buy them now on a sale or something uh, with the way they control currently. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of online component or if they just feel like this was an easy cash grab just to look at these old games that people still do play and people still do love and just do, you know, put a quick new coat of paint on it and, and repackage it and sell it again. Yeah, and it's also for the people who are like, hey, listen, like I love GTA, but I don't care so much about the online. Like clearly they're making their money on online, right? So I think, um, you know, a lot of people who go, oh, I want GTA 6 and I want a story mode and I want campaign and you've really lost your way. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, classic GTA fans who might feel that way. I think this is kind of like, okay, well then shut up. We'll let you play the old games that had a bunch of story and had all the stuff you want that, you, that you're talking about being so great. And that'll hold you over for the next two or three or four years until we finally get around to like writing another story for a game. So I, I think this is kind of like a little stopgap for that, for all the people who are like, I've played through the GTA 5 campaign enough times and, uh, you know, I, I, what the hell's Rockstar doing? Where's my campaign? They'll be like, well, here you go. <laughs> here 
here's here's some it plays a little bit like gta 5 shut up <laughs> yeah i guess so this is our single player dlc for gta 5 yeah honestly i i feel like that's kind of the vibe here right it's just like holds you over until they get around to writing another one all right uh let's talk about xbox xbox series x and s have cleared 100k sales in japan and is on track to beat the xbox one and this report comes from video game chronicle obviously a small number compared to playstation 5 selling over a million in japan at this point but you know i think it's still good headway for microsoft uh, early in the cycle too i mean we're on track to be xbox one we haven't done it yet um but i think in general the idea that this is doing better than xbox one is good um i was going to say is this due to like the early hate on the xbox one but i think that was more of a western thing i think the the issues with with xbox one in japan is more just that xbox isn't popular in japan it's an extremely western uh you know console as we all know um so you know good for them i, I think this is good news i don't I, I think it's good that they're doing better that's that's always kind of the hope in japan I, I'm, I'm wondering why though i also think it's interesting to consider how popular you know xbox is more popular in japan now than it was in uh, with the xbox one uh release even though the xbox one was much easier to get um i mean right. obviously series s i mean you can get them i'm not saying it's impossible but series s is much easier to get series x is still difficult to get uh, and yet we're seeing better sales so interesting to see we've seen across the world too that in general sales are doing really really well on these two new consoles i mean in ps5 i mean as well matt do you do you, do you have an idea of maybe why this is taking more you know becoming more popular in the world or even just japan maybe uh why we see more xbox going on i think it's just it's an example of two things. One, gaming just in general growing. And mm -hmm. two, just sort of the global globalization of the world progressing further um, since the last generation. Not really surprised by this, but like you said, it is really interesting that despite all the su supply chain issues that these two consoles are still outpacing the their predecessors. Yeah. So that really shows that there's a high, high demand for for gaming and that it's growing exponentially. Like, yeah. I, I'm very curious to see, you know, I, I'm sure these charts exist, but I'm curious to see what gaming looks like today compared to even just like five years ago, because I'm sure it's there's some serious exponential growth in there. And and I bet Fortnite has a big, big thing to do with that. Absolutely. I think gaming has become people like point to mobile gaming and say, you know, everyone plays games now. And that's true. But I think when we talk about gaming, we're talking mostly about main like, uh, you know, heavier gaming than mobile. And I think even then that has grown so much, like you're saying, like something like Fortnite would be considered more traditional gaming. And I think that's a really accessible thing that's that's grown the, the genre or like the, the industry, I guess a lot which is which is cool i mean we've seen huge it's becoming really mainstream gaming has become and we could have said that 10 years ago when they're making video game movies but at this point you know almost everyone plays or has played some kind of major game or, or dabbled in it we see it more and more and more often even just go on twitch and you'll see there are very uh big twitch streamers who even like just started gaming like in the past couple of years yep. it's crazy like gaming mm -hmm. has grown so much and even amongst the most popular personalities, that's the case. Yeah, and worldwide pandemic too. I think a lot of people were home and started gaming. And even if they didn't keep up with it, as I see from a lot of people trying to sell their Nintendo Switches on Facebook Marketplace, um, ultimately, I think a lot of people bought game consoles or tried to get into gaming last year just because, you know, they were stuck at home and they were looking for something 
as an escape and gaming provides that. So I think a lot of people who weren't even really exposed to the games before because they were out a lot more might have actually tried it out or, or, or dabbled in it in a way they wouldn't have before. Uh, and last point I'll say too on this is, is uh, I don't have the exact article in front of me, but Metroid Dread has now sold in Japan more than it has outsold every other Metroid game. Um, which was which was an article. Um, now, to be fair, I think the only numbers they have there are some not every Metroid game, but the Metroid games they have records of selling in Japan. Uh, now, Japan isn't like you know Metroid's top. Uh, Metroid doesn't sell very well in Japan. You know, historically, it's it doesn't not sell like well in general. It's a notoriously yeah, it doesn't sell well in performing yeah. franchise. Mm -hmm. And Japan isn't a good spot for that, but also, um, still, it's another example, right, of of going, well, is this the best Metroid game? Well, I don't think that's really the case. I think it's more about gaming is just so much more popular now. Yeah. Games are just selling more than they ever sold before. And so we've seen a lot of articles. Every new game sequel that comes out, we see on Reddit or somewhere there's an article uh, being linked saying, oh, you know, this is the best selling game in the franchise. I think we're just going to continue seeing that over and over and over again because games are just selling more than they ever did. And uh, yeah, it, it goes for every type of game now. It's not just like, oh, the new Halo is the best-selling Halo of all time. Well, yeah, that's a big marquee title. But I think anything now, we just keep seeing like huge numbers. Even so. uh, Jeff Bezos had a quote a couple days ago. He said that uh, games are now bigger than movies. I believe it. I believe it. It's uh, It's a big deal. And of course, like money... Uh, money made on games, I think, is a lot easier made in games than movies, too, uh, in terms of, like, the sheer volume, like, the sheer uh, cost of, of buying a game or paying a monthly fee for a game versus, you know, going to a movie and getting a ticket. Big, big difference. And the overhead's a lot different in terms of, like, having to run theaters and having to, uh, you know, pay to show movies and stuff. So And yeah, you can't put microtransactions in a movie. Exactly. Yet. That's the thing. I haven't tried that yeah. yet. Yet. Yeah. Oh. I might be into that. I'm probably the best. Don't listen to me. Don't Industries, listen, no, don't listen no, to me. No, no, no. I'm a sucker. We'll edit this part out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, speaking of uh, things that uh, we're not ready for yet, uh, ready for yet in the world. Steam is removing all blockchain games from its platform. Uh, I'll say right off the bat, I didn't know there are there were blockchain games, and I still don't quite understand what they are. Matt, you want to? I think you looked into this a little bit. Do you want to uh, to give us a background? I remember I read this story, and then I wasn't sure to include it because I was like, I don't want to try to learn what a blockchain game is. Yeah. To be honest, I don't really know how to discuss this, but I thought the headline sounded important <laughs> enough to include. So from what I gather, the, Steam is essentially removing games that allow you to add and withdraw currency. Now, not it's not necessarily like U.S. dollar, but it's it's a it's a cryptocurrency right. in within the game. Essentially, I don't know if it's proprietary or if it's using outside currencies. I'm really not sure, um, but I reading that I can understand why Steam wouldn't want this on their platform. They wouldn't want to be involved with it. I'm sure there's a lot of liabilities when you're essentially acting as a bank almost through the game, if you can right. withdraw and, and deposit currency. So yeah, I, uh, I think that this makes sense. Although to completely understand it, I would really have to dig into it a little bit more, but it seems a little bit, it's not, they're not really games. I guess yeah. there's there's more did, to it. I did see that there are games that exist that also include or sell or have some kind of system with NFTs. Yeah. And they've removed games that have NFTs built into the game as well. Um, so those are I think there are games in there as well that are, are, are NFT based or they have NFTs in them in some some form. Uh, I think that's also smart. I don't really understand NF the idea of NFTs 
being built into another form of media. I think those should stay separate. I think it should be like art trade. The idea that I could, you know, buy a video game and I get a painting with it that's like a, a, a one of a kind is really weird to me. Um, and I think it's weird in a video game too. I just think we should keep that separate. Uh, now, how that works with blockchain, I don't know. I think you know maybe at some point it could make sense to pay for things in a game or 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 use currency that also is a real currency, but through you know I don't know. But I totally respect and understand Steam maybe going or Valve going. Nah, not right now. We need to figure out a lot more shit about how this works before we get into it. Uh, or maybe they have they've looked into it and they know it's uh, not going to be good for them. So I, either I, way. I think it's no similar Bitcoin to. On, uh, Steam right now. <laughs> I think it's similar to like if I was playing a, like a slots game, or something like that, where I was inputting my own money and then I could win actual money from the game, or like poker or something like that. Like if I was playing against, like you, you just you can't put that on Steam. And so I think that sort this, this sort of thing falls in that same, similar category. Yeah, it's it could be you know gambling or money laundering of some degree. I don't want to like right. put that paint that on things, but certainly when you're when you're dealing with again the issue with with blockchain and crypto is that you know you could buy something and then the value of that tanks and now all of a sudden it's not worth what it was and these are really difficult things to deal with in regulated markets as it is, but especially in fucking video games on steam uh yeah i think they're gonna get a lot of hate a lot of issues a lot of potentially like you said legal issues with someone saying hey maybe i bought this on steam or maybe i put this on steam uh you know i put money into it and then all of a sudden the thing i got isn't worth anything anymore or something that's yeah like you said there's no slot games on there it's not pogo.com uh and uh, they should they should just steer clear i think now if we're talking out of our out of our ass leave a comment Please or email yeah. us ggreplayshow at gmail.com. If if we just are completely explaining it wrong, let us know. Yep. Yeah, please, because we're we're trying our best here. Uh, NFTs are already pretty difficult, and I am trying to pretend I know what they are. Like I'm trying to pretend I understand them mostly, but I still feel like I don't 100. Um, percent But we're trying. We're we're not uh, we're not blockchain uh, bros. We're uh, we're crypto uh, cuties. All right, <laughs> <clears throat> moving on. <laughs> Final story of the day. But before we get into the final story, I just want to remind everyone, if you are listening to this right now, uh, if you could just please open your phone or check your computer or whatever, whatever you're listening to this uh, and just give us a like or a thumbs up or a five star uh, rating on whatever podcast app you're enjoying this on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, you know, or Apple Podcasts, whatever, any of that kind of stuff really, really helps us out. Um, you know, I understand if you don't have any money uh, to contribute to us or, you know, you can't listen to every episode, totally understand. But if you could uh, give us a rating of the episode you're listening to right now, it means the absolute world to us and we would really appreciate it. All right, moving on to our final story of the day. EA, uh, I don't know if you knew this, Matt. EA stands for Electronic Arts. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right. That's the show for today, folks. No, um, EA's <laughs> potential FIFA rebrand reportedly stems from FIFA asking for $1 billion for the naming rights. Uh, this article comes from New York Times. Uh, yeah, essentially, they want a billion dollars for four years of the naming rights. A lot of money. Uh, let, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's just break it down really quick, because uh, here's what I see. Not a lot to lose here. Uh, there's a quote from the article. If this licensing deal does end up falling through, it won't affect the developer's ability to use player likenesses, player names, officially branded stadiums, team names, and other licenses, which EA has negotiated separate deals with companies like FIFPRO, uh, the global representative for pro football players. They would just lose the name FIFA right. and potentially the World Cup. 
but not not the majority, the vast majority of what people play FIFA for. So kind of crazy. Also, the new deal would also reportedly include limitations on ways that EA could monetize the game out of its initial outside of its initial sale. Uh, I think this is also a big red flag here. Not only are they saying, hey, we want more money to use our name, uh, which barely means anything, but also uh, we we want to affect and change how you might monetize the game, which, you know, EA and these sports games, but especially FIFA is just another one of them, are monetize out the ass. Uh, and so if there's any sort of things threatening that for EA, I think that's even worse of a deal for them because it's not only just a billion dollars, that's cutting into their bottom line. Does that mean that FIFA is upset with like blowback against the game as far as the monetizations? Is that sort of the implication there? That I don't know. That that was not uh, deeply explained here. Besides just that uh, that the deal would uh, would would reportedly include limitations on the way they can monetize. It didn't say why. So my thoughts on this are: EA is the only company making soccer video games that has the money to negotiate a deal like this so fifa is either going to not get it there so either the billion dollars is going to be paid for the deal or fifa is not going to have a deal or it's going to get lowered and ea is going to pay it because fifa can't go at, to any other company to pay for the licensing ea is the yep. only one who can afford that you know yep. unless microsoft said well we want to make a soccer game so we'll do it or something sure. like that but EA probably has exclusive licenses to all these stadiums and teams and player likenesses and all that. Exactly. So it's them or nothing. So FIFA's either going to have a deal for less money, probably, or they're just not going to have a deal. So it's it's kind of EA has the leverage here. I mean, yep. I, I think eventually it'll go through because FIFA's going to want some money for it because why not? Probably won't be a billion. You know, it'll no. probably be a little bit less. Yeah, I think this is not going to end up being a rebrand. I think it's going, I think ultimately at some point FIFA is going to cave. But also, I mean, I mean, not to say, you know, I mean, EA has some pretty scummy stuff here, but I mean, they're certainly not as corrupt as FIFA. FIFA is one of the <laughs> right. most corrupt organizations, especially sporting organizations in the world. Yeah. It's absolutely filthy. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I think looking at this, like, fuck FIFA. Uh, I'd be great if they didn't get any cash. Um, but on the flip side, too, um, you know, EA is not really a shining example of our favorite uh, consumer-friendly company over here, too. So, I mean, uh, I'm not really rooting for either of them in this scenario. Uh, I think the game's going to be what it's going to be either way. I think you're right, though, Matt. I think ultimately, I think FIFA's going to cave. FIFA has a lot of leverage and a ton of money. They're super rich. I don't think they need the money from the game. So, I mean, they could just say, they could just make a no deal. But I think that's not in their interest. I think they'd rather just get a little less. Yeah, it's uh, it's free money. The they end. don't have to do anything. Yeah, exactly. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Ultimately, makes a lot of sense for that. Sucks, though, in general. Uh, it sounds like, weirdly, the the limitations on the, on the monetization would be good. I, I don't know exactly where they would come from or how that would work. Um, it would be nice if those were imposed. Really weird uh, to see that FIFA's doing that. If, it, if anything, it's more like, I guess we can't get all the cash from you monetizing the shit out of our game in a shitty way. Um, and we wish we could, so we're gonna we're gonna stop right. you from doing it, I guess, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take your ball and go home kind of move here. Um, or if I can't have it, no one can. Um, I'm not sure exactly the the reasoning there. But yeah, I think we're still gonna see EA have FIFA. I don't think we're gonna see any big differences. Uh, but uh, you know, maybe we'll get Microsoft's FIFA um, with no licenses to anything but the name FIFA. and <laughs> And that's it. Or maybe, maybe. If, if EA doesn't want to pay a billion outright, maybe it's half that, but then FIFA gets a percentage of 
ultimate team microtransactions or something like that who knows i feel like that's something they would want here in this scenario maybe that maybe that's what they're what they're um bargaining for ultimately right could it's be like they could get talked down from a billion and then they'll be like okay well maybe not a billion but maybe we can get a little skim a little off here at the top so. yeah We'll see, but I don't think it's going to affect anything too big for us out here in the world. More just like fun inside baseball to uh, to check out, uh, and also nice to see EA get a little fleeced. I wish uh, wish they had a little less leverage, but also don't want to see the money go to FIFA. So there's, it's a no win. It's a no win. Where is eFootball when you need them coming out of the uh, the woodwork here and uh, <laughs> giving us a, a good competitor? They're six they feet under no, already. They are absolutely yeah shooting their own grave here. All right. That's it for today's GG replay. Before you go, just a couple of reminders. First off, we do have a whole website, goodnightgrooves.com. You can head over there. We have our blog, links to our podcasts, including Game Grooves, which is our all-encompassing gaming podcast, which comes out normally on a Sunday. But if you're a patron, it comes out today, which is awesome. Um, we also have uh, reviews, links to all our socials, and our Twitch, twitch.tv slash goodnightgrooves, where we are hoping to do some creepy streams coming up soon. Uh, maybe some phasmophobia, maybe some other stuff. Uh, I was thinking of maybe maybe trying my hand at streaming some creepy uh, dark pictures anthology games, Ooh. potentially. So something to keep a lookout uh, for. So make sure you go over there and give us a follow so you can see whenever we start to stream. Uh, and a reminder, like I did mention Patreon earlier, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnightgrooves. Link is on the website. Uh, and we do have a $1, $3, and $5 tier. $3 tier does get you early access, like I said, to gaming, Game Grooves, which is our flagship show. Always great to check it out. We have some great content on there. A lot of fun, a lot of game show games on there, which are always funny to listen to. And some good hot takes on topics with Matt and I, and also Josh and Mike, our other grooves. Um, Matt, do you have anything else to say before we head out of here for the day? Well, I'm sure the listeners think that we forgot a soda fact, but we did not because I have one for you, Paul. Perfect. I 100% forgot. So awesome. All right. There are only two countries in the entire world in which Coca-Cola does not conduct business. Can you guess them? Um, Australia and Denmark. No, North Korea and Cuba. Makes sense because both, uh, you know, I did read that recently. That's a good one. Obvious, but it was not something I thought of right off the top of my <laughs> head. Um, I will say, because I'm saving the good one for later, but I will mention briefly. Uh, do you know what the most famously bad soda is? This is this is a thing. Um, there was an Italian soda. Uh, Coca-Cola made it for the Italian market, and it's called Beverly. And it's the apparently famously known as the worst soda of all time. Uh, you can go over to YouTube and check it out. There's a lot of YouTubers trying it out and wow. uh, like cringing at how bad it tastes. Uh, the logo is hilarious. It's just a blue square that says Beverly in all white letters. Uh, so you know, I wonder if you're tired of your Brad's drink, you can always take a sip of Beverly. I may have tried this at some point because. Yeah. Um, the coca-cola office in atlanta which i did a tour of yeah has, so they have it there okay they have all the fountains of coke around the world and i may have yep. tried it there and yep. I, it's only available in atlanta and las vegas in the u.s okay i think i do remember it being just god awful <laughs> yeah super bitter apparently yeah. like no nothing sweet or good about it in any way <laughs> it was supposed to be a uh, non-alcoholic aperitif for italy uh and uh you know a little 
nice thing to enjoy after you eat your dinner. So right. I hope everyone enjoyed that noise I made. So there you go. So have a nice Brad's drink. Finish it off with a with a Beverly, uh, but not if you are in North Korea or Cuba. No Beverly for you there. Uh, all right, that has been it for GG Replay. We will be back again on Monday with more episodes. Don't forget to listen to Game Groups on Sunday. A nice little. Uh, aperitif to the rest of the week. Uh, we will see, every, I'm sure I'm using that wrong. We will see everyone again on Monday. Have a great night. Good night, Cruz.